It's December 11th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Alex Main, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Apostoli Everniatis. We are here to bring you inspiring stories and talk to the Pacers who are making an impact, whether that's professional athletes, political figures, CEOs, authors, and running leaders. Apostoli, what's up, my co-host? Not much. It's been a crazy week, and I'm happy to be here one more time. Super excited for today. Let me tell you what, I am dialed in right now. I have not been more dialed in in the last three months than this very moment. I went on a run before we started recording this uh-huh. and just hit it, hit it, hit it. But I'm going to hold off on the finishing that story, but right. I'm, I'm dialed in right now. And I am super excited for this episode. Uh, as always, we have a great show for you. But today I feel like we have an exceptional show coming up. We have Stephen Lease. He is the co-founder and CEO of Gooder. For those listening that don't know, Gooder is a sunglasses company voted best running gear of 2016 and 18 by Runner's World. They are known for their fun, flashy, and affordable sunglasses. When you see a runner wearing them, you know it's Gooder. But their fun, flashy, and different approach to sunglasses is the same way Steven runs Gooder. This year, Steven started hosting the Culture Gooder podcast, which he goes in detail how he runs his company. Uh, also, Alex, uh, Gooder is known for this thing they call the Flamboyance Ambassador Program uh, with such elite athlete members as Kara Goucher, Alexi Pappas, and the mighty Amelia Boone that I'm a big fan of. That is incredible. That is an incredible line of athletes. And Alexi, she was just in the New York Times this week for her piece on mental health. And I'm super excited to ask Stephen about that. And, you know, I'm sure he has his own take on mental health. But um, just knowing Alexi, I think that's super cool. And, and, and one more time, we said it a few episodes ago on Chris Chavez's episode, who has met all these big athletes. One more time, we got one or two degrees separation now with these people, which is super cool. And the best thing, we got one degree separation with Stephen Lees, which is awesome. And one degree separation of Carl, the their flamingo mascot. So that's super yes. cool. Who's kind of quiet, but we still appreciate the, the connection. And with that, we hope this is going to be a good podcast. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be good. What do you mean it's not going to be good? It's going to be the goodest <laughs> that's so lame dude that's you're not even a dad and you're making dad jokes you gotta practice at some point you know i am super excited to announce a new sponsor for the cream city pacers podcast today's episode is presented by cost headphones for those of you who don't know cost they are a headphones company located right here in milwaukee wisconsin they're actually literally in my backyard i'm about two miles away from their headquarters and cost has hooked us up with a bunch of headphones i'm wearing a studio pair right now and i sound great listening to myself on this podcast so if you want to hear my voice and make it sound even better then you need to get a pair i they also hooked us up with some of these sweet wireless running headphones they're the wireless fit clips and alex i was just telling you guys that i was on that run and i was dialed in i was on a four mile run and going into mile four i mean these headphones are beautiful they're like gel they fit over your ears there's wireless there's no cords and like i'm always used to just having a cord somewhere in my body and 
Take Me Home by Phil Collins on. And no lie, do you guys know when you just hear that song and you get dialed? I mean, like to the point where you think emotional tears of joy are going to come over your face because you are just hitting it. It hit me. And I rode Take Me Home all the way through mile four. I went from running 830s to a 730 and I just dropped it. And I was dancing. I like, it was black. It was pitch dark. It was, it's nighttime when I was running and it, no one was out and it was just insane and I was hitting it and I could flail my hands and there's no cord and it was wonderful all because of the cost wireless fit clips I'm still dialed in I'm running off that runner's high right now so we got a bunch of headphones and we want to give some away to listeners but that's going to be for another day if you want these headphones now if these wireless headphones you want some studio headphones you want a pair of headphones just to chill at home with head over to cost.com and use promo code ccp20 to get 20 percent off your entire order at checkout again that's ccp20 at checkout all right apostoli I'm excited to bring Steven on, but what I really want to talk about is how you and I have got completely lost in the Culture Gooder podcast. What do you think? You want to talk a little bit about that? It's perfect because it gave us a chance to listen to these two seasons of of their podcast and how their company was formed and really um, be inspired, learn, and you know, learn things that we can apply in many aspects of life, including business. And... Uh, it was just great, 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 great timing. Um, and I've been re-listening to some episodes. Uh, one of the episodes is my favorite. I've been uh, actually taking notes on it, like listening to it, pausing it, taking notes uh, about my business. Yes. So taking a step back, so what Steven does, him and his partner, Sean, they talk about how they run the company from like how they get rid of gossip to what they do for reviews. And it's all like radically different. If you work like a nine to five job, you're going to listen to this and you're going to be like, this is unheard of. And I want to be a part of this. And obviously you own a company. So you're, you're listening to this as like, Oh man, I need to implement this. And I'm listening to it. I don't own my company, but like, Oh, this is how I could approach this meeting, or this is how I could approach mm-hmm. running my team, or if I ever did start a company, I could do this. And even taking exactly. stuff from your just your daily life, like how to be a better person. And one thing that's interesting with Steven is he talks about when he when he tries to make correlations, he talks about relationships. Because everyone can understand whether it's a significant other or your mother, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been starting to hear that from people a few times on different podcasts I listen to. They talk about relationships. Um, you, have you heard tough conversations with a black man? Hmm. It's a like is a that, YouTube series. What, I have not. Okay, I would so, like to though. So he does the that same. He does the same thing, and he and I'm I've been hearing this like okay, and, and it's like so it's one note that I've taken away. Where if someone doesn't understand what you're saying, just put it in a relationship. Like oh hey, if this happened between you and your significant other, you know what I mean. People can relate to that a lot more. So that's like my one really weird quirky takeaway I took from it. But favorite episode, you go first. My favorite episode for sure was the no gossip, please. Uh, And that is something that I've been trying to implement for the longest time at Mimosa. Uh, It is, if anybody has worked in the hospitality industry, it's, you know, there's no water cooler, but the water cooler mentality exists at a very grand level. Everybody knows it's, um, 
a very fun environment to work on depending but it's very stressful so people to release that energy they they tend to gossip a lot and i always found gossip to be a terrible thing if you can't say uh something in front of the person that you're talking about uh then you shouldn't say it at all and i've tried to implement that rule if you have something to say about anybody you should say it to the people that can do anything about it which is the person or a supervisor right so but super super hard to implement I just love the fact that Stephen and Sean, his co-host on the on the podcast, gave a, gave me a very good idea of what they do at uh, at Gooder, which is they implement this system called the clearing exercise, and it's a four-step uh, process where they they basically make anybody able to communicate, even if they're very bad at communication, like because not everybody's bored with great communication skills, especially. You know, especially at a job that is probably not going to be a career for many people, just like a restaurant, right? Uh, so, um, you know, very helpful exercise. So that's my favorite one. But I got to say too, you mentioned earlier that uh, you know you don't have your own company, and but you're listening to this show. Stephen mentioned that he made a checklist of all the things he wants to have at the company that he will work, that he will own at some point, and that's how a lot of these things came to be. Yeah, so. that's that's it's pretty crazy. He he does say that. And maybe that's where that like hidden message came for me. But um, there's some really I can't pick one. Okay, I'm pick one. I gotta pick one. Uh, chill is the new busy. So it's the whole take on people are I'm busy. I'm busy. Whether it's busy because like they're trying to deflect work and don't want to talk to people and like leave me alone. I'm busy. Or like people saying they're busy trying to show their self worth, like showing up before everyone and leaving after everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're changing that to Hey, chill is the new busy. Like if someone says what's up, how are what's your workload like, and you say chill. And it's not saying that like everything's chill. They He goes on how they have a system in place where if you are really uh, overworked, uh, how you can raise that flag and, you know, make sure that you're not overworked because that's one thing they don't want. Like I think he explicitly says, we don't want you working over 40 hours. And if you do, we need to figure out why and get someone else to help. And it's not saying that like, you, you know, we aren't working hard because we're not working 40 hours. It's just like, that just means you're overworked and we don't want that. And it's just like radically different ideas that we were never grown up with. You know, people aren't living. And I think it's just a real eye opener for people to listen to. And I just like to say this, they're super easy to listen to. They're 30 minutes, they're like 25 minutes. Listen it on mm-hmm. 1.2, two times the speed, you'll fly through all of them. What's your maximum? Are we, I, I, I'm not good at this, so 1.2 is my max. I If I'm sitting down and just doing nothing but listening, I'll do 1.752, but I never do never do that. I'm a 1.2 the speed guy. Do you think there's anybody that does 2.0 for this yeah. podcast, Cream City Pacers? Dude, how fast you listen to your podcast is like the ultimate brag of like podcast listening like oh i listen to everything at 2.0 it's like okay good like my brain doesn't function that way and i'm 1.2 and sometimes i'm one and i'm perfectly fine with that well i will say that you live with somebody that listens at 2.0 and doesn't even do it while they're sitting down does it while they're running well yeah christina is a machine uh when it comes to running and running this household and everything else she does so christina thank you very much christina so that will sound normal for her so congratulations (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, so I told you I'm dialed in. How's your marathon training going? Let's get a quick update before we bring Steven in. I, I just went out on a run as well myself. It was super dark, pitch dark. I went to, um, what is the botanical gardeners burner? What is that park called? Whitnall Everybody Park. Talks about Whitnall. Thank you very much. Biggest park in Milwaukee County. And they got the Christmas lights on now, you know, the Christmas light show. I we went to China lights a few years ago, if you remember, which was adults going to China lights was such a, I don't know. It was, it was a waste of time and money, I think. I might burn. You take kids there. What? You don't go. Yeah, I, think. I had good company. I had you and Christina and Tim. But what a great run. It was an amazing run. I, it was pitch dark. I did not turn my, my headlight on and watch the lights there. It was uh, very cool. And I'm getting up there on mileage almost at 40 miles a week now. So feeling good. Dude. Dialed in. You're dialed. That's insane. I'm I'm proud of you. You, you know, your training this summer didn't go well. And I don't think you've been running 40 miles a week for a very long time. I would say like two years. So I'm proud of you, man. That's awesome. Can Can I say one trick that I've been using? Please share all the info. Let's not make this too long because I could talk about this for 30 minutes, but I've just connected the dots. There's so many people that talk about breaking down your runs into small pieces, looking ahead and saying, I'm going to run to the light post. I'm going to run to that corner. I'm going to, okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, you, we heard it from Corey Waltering. We've heard it. Uh, Matt Thal says it in his training plans a lot. He talks about like, just break it down. Just break it down mentally. Don't think about how much you got left to go. Just think of small chunks. And you hear that and you're like, ah, that doesn't make sense. Because, well, then I'm going to break it down and then I'm going to realize I, I still have that much to go minus that very little chunk. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to Rich Roll uh, interviewing this neuroscientist named Andrew Huberman. Who's a, who's a Stanford scientist, amazing story as a person, amazing. This is how your mind works. When you feel like stopping is when you usually set these small goals. You're like, oh, I can't. I'm going to set a small goal. Go until there, go until there, right? When you're cruising, you're not thinking, I'm going to go until the light post, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you start getting tired, part of your brain is starting to shoot certain chemicals like adrenaline. And they mention it. They go into uh, details in the podcast if you want to listen to it. But... Basically, it's shooting these chemicals that are making you feel bad and they're making you want to stop and quit. By setting a visual goal and actually like associating this with your visual cortex is very important for what he said. You say this, you say, I'm going to run to the light post and then I'm going to stop. Okay, that's what you tell yourself. You start convincing yourself that when I get there, you stop. But what ends up happening is that the negative chemical that has you know, chemical reaction that has happened in your mind is going to be counteracted by the dopamine that's going to be released in your in your brain when you achieve that little goal. So it's going to counteract it and then you're going to kind of forget about it. You basically end up forgetting that you wanted to stop. So you keep going. And I tried it on my runs in the past few weeks that I can't tell you how many amazing workouts I've had, how many track workouts I've done where I kept doing this little system, I'd say like, I'm going to go until that rock or that little, you know, shirt that somebody threw on the side over there. I just kept doing that and breaking it down. Amazing workouts on my long run. Same thing. I did my first long run that I didn't stop to walk for the longest time ever. I've been stopping to walk. You know it, you know it very well. 
Boom. That's some heavy stuff. That's good knowledge. Thanks for sharing. Don't thank me. I'm just the messenger. (laughs) Don't thank me. I'm the messenger. Dude, I can't get take me home out of my head. Take, take me home. I don't remember. All right, let's get into this interview. Should we bring Steven on? Is he ready? Let's do it. All right. See you on the other side. Today, we are joined by Stephen Lees. He's the co-founder and chief executive octopus of Gooder. That's right, the chief executive octopus. We'll let him explain that in a second. Gooder was founded on the goal of making running sunglasses for people who think running is fun. Stephen founded Gooder back in 2015 and has revolutionized the sunglasses industry for runners. It's one of my favorite brands from the flamingo mascot Carl to the wildly fun colors of the sunglasses. Stephen also recently started the Gooder Culture Podcast, which is one of our favorite podcasts to listen to this year. So you should definitely check that out. Most importantly, Steven's an avid runner. He's won a beer mile. He's finished a 100-mile race. He's done a lot. Steven, welcome to the Cream City Pacers Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I, uh, I, I, I'm so excited to be here. Well, we like that attitude. We like that attitude. So how, how have you been recently with running or life? Give us the rundown. Rolling with the punches is the 2020 standard answer for Steven. Uh, uh, how are you doing rolling with the punches? So been doing well. You know, the uh, obviously COVID has changed a lot of things, but I've got a lot more running in this year uh, because I my travel schedule just got shut down. So I'm actually super grateful for that. It's a... Uh, I was hard, hardcore runner for about six years. In the past two years with Gooder, I've kind of ebbed and flowed, and um, now I'm back to running uh, about four days a week. Nice. Welcome back. It's a good feeling once you get back in it. You yeah, it is. like how much it helps you run your life and your business, I bet. For sure, it is. that You, you miss it, and, uh, and then also I went out on a trail last week with uh, my partner Ben and we realized we're like oh we're not we're not in the shape we used to be in and so <laughs> and so excited to get back in that shape nice I'm excited so let's start I have a little story here so with sunglasses so growing up in the early 90s 2000s sunglasses were really expensive like Oakley's were what you what you had and those were cool and my dad had a pair so I like would put them on if we were in the car and he's a big windsurfer and he lost a pair one time windsurfing and I remember he was so mad about it and I was so confused like why would you spend all that money and then lose it and then like what and I never really got into sunglasses. I never really wore sunglasses. I think I bought a pair of Oakleys in college, like the low-end ones. But when I found Gooder, it all clicked. It was like the price, they stay on your face, they're cool colors. Like I'm a vibrant guy, so I love the colors. It was like, this is it. I love it. And it's probably a little different, like my thought of how I came to sunglasses. But give us a little bit of bit about like, t- where did Gooder start? Like how did it, how did it come about? Yeah, I mean, you know, what you're talking about is something we hear often and I've experienced too. But Gooder started the quick version is 2012. I got into running uh, in my late 20s, ran my first marathon, did awful, but loved loved the act of running. You know, glare, mile 16, legs locked up. It became glaringly obvious I did not train hard enough. And then Flash forward five years later, I'm finishing a 100-mile race. And I just, I fell in love with running. I was running a marathon every couple months. And in that run journey, I, at this moment, looked in the mirror two years into it, and I looked like a complete asshole. Like, I looked in the mirror, and I just had on this 
Nike dry fit hat and these lame sunglasses and an armband and, and all these things that you wear because you're a runner, uh, air quotes, everybody. And and if you knew me, you would know how insane that was. And and I tell that story because that was the seed of Goodrick. That was the awakening. That was 2014. I got rid of all my gear, donated it, and really went minimal. Shorts, t-shirts, and became obsessed with gas station sunglasses. Just like $10 Wayfares. And ran. And ran and trained for marathons in, marathons in them. I worked for Easton Sports at the time. And we did a little bit of sunglasses. And so I knew the I knew the margin world there a little bit. And, and when Ben and I had the idea for Gooder, we just... We wanted to do something that was fun because we didn't feel like any companies out there represented fun like how we thought fun was. And and so um, because of all these things around around me that was going on, I was like, oh, we should do sunglasses because I had been training in $10 Wayfarers and they have been they've been doing OK. And we're like, what if we just made a. A, a good pair, like, 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 you know, screw trying to make the best pair in the world. And so that's kind of like the really quick version of the story uh, of, of, of how it, how good it came to be and how affordable sunglasses for running came to be. I, I think that's great because it was, it's such like, when you think about it, like, oh yeah, inexpensive sunglasses that look good. Like that sounds like an easy business model. Like why hasn't it been thought of, but it wasn't until you came about and it's pretty crazy that it's like, that was just an open market. And now you guys have, you've started this. I think that's super cool. So here is my follow-up to that. Where's the E in gooder? I feel like there should be an E. It's so funny. So, uh, we had, you know, when we were coming up for the name, wrote the brand, brand, brand plan, and we had a bunch of names we were throwing out, uh, some awful, awful names. And our original mission statement, there was a line in there that was like, look good, uh, uh, look good, run gooder. And, uh, and we, we, we made it purposely like grammatically incorrect because we wanted the brand to be absurd. And when we were trying to... Ben, ben goes, what about Gooder? And if you ever, have you ever watched um, Silicon Valley? Yes. So in episode one, they're like talking about apps. And I think it's episode one or two, talking about apps. And they're like, or you just drop the the E and you do an R and that's the cool way. And Ben was actually legit watching that and was like, I wonder if Gooder is available. And and it's easier to trademark. You can get the URL and the, uh, and the social media handles. And so that's why we dropped the E because it was just, more unique and easier to trademark and acquire everything. That is super funny. And that's a cool story because that's kind of what your brand is, breaking the rules, non-traditional stuff, naming conventions, the way you guys do your marketing. It's all a little bit different than what's out there. And, you know, I, I think that's that's really awesome. So was that a thing from the start with Gooder of like, this is who we are, this is our culture, this is what we're going for? Yeah, I mean, it's, first off, it's really hard to take yourself too seriously when your name's the misspelling of a grammatically incorrect word. <laughs> and so that's a really nice reminder all day, every day. But yeah, from the beginning, the whole thing was we wanted to be fun. And and so the the brand that you the brand that you see to the outside world is a direct reflection of Ben Carey and myself, the three co-founders. We all went to high school together. It's a direct reflection of our personality. And so that was designed from the beginning. And the culture was too. It wasn't like the master plan. You know, now we have 75 people and we have a basically a year-long onboarding process because our culture is so different. It 
it wasn't there wasn't like this maniacal thing from the beginning of like oh this is how it's going to work but we did from the beginning want to do everything differently we want to challenge the status quo and so we kind of just adapted as we went and uh we're really big on if something does like we try everything if something doesn't work we change it and so that's that's kind of our, our motto is challenging the status quo and, and you've done such a good job uh steven of documenting all these processes and all this whole journey on this beautiful podcast that we discovered and it's just we're loving it i am reading through that taking notes uh trying to apply it to my business so thank you for doing that uh being bold and being expressive about what you're going through is very important in this day and of age uh, you read a lot of Brene brown and i appreciate one thing you said and um you know, we talk a lot about mental health on this podcast fear you mentioned fear a lot um fear is it, it can kill you or it can propel you forward right and that's if by evolution standards that's how we uh make good decisions so you said fear is a strength i want to ask you because this is a running podcast let's take it into running yeah how does fear come into play when you run because 100 miles is yeah. not a marathon fear has to come into play at some point for sure i was playing uh golf with a friend of mine at this entrepreneur event a couple years ago and, and one of the people on our foursome was just fanboying do fa like fanboying me like oh my god it's so amazing we just don't have fear blah 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 and my friend morris we get in the golf he looked at me he goes well that's bullshit he's like i know you have a ton of fear you want to know how i know that because you get up at 5 a.m every day to work and 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 and, and so i mean that's right and running's the same way when you do a marathon and you your legs lock up at mile 16, that's not a good place to be. And so I'm not a naturally gifted runner, right? I, I don't have this beautiful gait. Uh, um, I got to where I did my PRs 323 of just working hard. And, and there is this like dancing with the fear of, hey, I want to do this. And so I'm going to control the things I can control. And so for a hundred miler, for example, I can control nutrition like that. I know I can control. I can control my training. Um, I can't control a lot of other things. And so how do I uh, prepare well enough and understand that there's going to be, you know, best advice I got is there's going to be like five things that go wrong, three things that you are prepared for, two things that you're not. And, and so if you're really prepared, fear tends to like wither away uh, and so I don't. I, I think preparation really helps with fear, and also when you just acknowledge the fear, you take its power. When you're when you're like, yeah, this is really scary. R training for a marathon is really scary. Trying for a PR is really scary, and it, that's okay. And it's okay if you fail. And so I think the the idea of of how I dance with fear is being okay with failure. That's probably the the the, the, the best way I can. I would I would advise anybody is dancing with your fear and knowing sometimes it just might not work out. How did you get to that point? Is it meditation? Is it, how, For sure. is it reading Brene Brown or books like of that nature or all of the above? All of the above. Yeah, I have a really uh, steady mindfulness practice. Uh, uh, so I meditate. I do breath work. If anybody's ever done breath work, I highly recommend it. It's quite amazing. Um, and and yeah, a lot of just personal uh, discovery. I, I, I kind of stay away from the term of like self-improvement because I'm not sure if that's the right, I don't know if we need to be improved, but just discovering what works for you. But yeah, a lot of mindfulness and, and running's moving meditation, man. 
I will tell you when you're training for long distance running and you're out on a trail, running with friends is great, but also being out there for two or three hours by yourself, just that like pitter patter and that beat, that is a really like it is moving meditation. Make no mistake about it. And you kind of free your brain uh, to go to places that I didn't think was possible. Do you listen to anything while you run? So I went through different ways. When I first started, yeah, music, right? <clears throat> and then I changed over to books on tape and podcasts. And so now short runs, I don't listen to anything. If I'm doing a long run on a Saturday, I might start the first 30, 45 minutes listening to like a book on tape or a podcast just to settle into the run. But after about an hour, my brain shuts off and I can't even take in the information. So it's 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 worthless. I, do, I don't listen to it. So I would say... Um, never on short runs anymore and um, the beginning of long runs just for me to settle into the run. I agree. I like that theory method you have. Abbasili's not a music guy. I'm like a podcast music guy, so I, I can relate. And I think after a certain amount of time, whatever I'm listening to, my own thoughts have taken over by then. And I think that's one of the great parts of running. We talk about that a lot is, you know, you, it's, it's this meditative state you somehow fall in. You know, it's a runner's high. It's, it's whatever. People use it to clear their mind, to create, to ideate. And recently this week, what's big in the news is, um, Abbasili, you're going to have to correct me because she is Greek, Alexi Papas. Pappas, yeah, right? yeah. Pappas. All right. Yeah. Right. Alexandra Pappas. All right. <laughs> there we go. She uh, did a video with the New York Times on mental health. And, you know, you, professional athletes, she basically brings up is like, hey, we're doing this, we're doing this, and ment- we're working on our bodies if I have an injury, but not our mental health. And I think that's so important, even for us, just casual runners going out there. We might be able to free our mind with a med, like, you know, get into a meditative state, but there's a lot going on there. So I guess what we're like, how do you use running and exercising to like improve your mental health outside of some of the breathing stuff and meditation you were talking about? Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, Alexi Pops is amazing. Her new book's out. You should get it. It's incredible. Uh, and, you know, disclaimer, she's a gooder athlete. Uh, she's, she's So <laughs> just disclaimer, but uh, she's awesome. But mental health is really, really important. I was just talking to our head of uh, our chief of staff or chief of flamingos is her title about a wellness program she's developing next year and it's combination nutrition, fitness and mental health and we're going to bring in mental health experts because you know we always talk about health of oh I want to get healthy and people usually think about that as I think exercise first maybe nutrition second and then sometimes mental health is not even on there and like if we're talking about health I think mental health is the top personally and I think that to excel at anything, you need to be mentally strong. And so running's no different. And uh, for for me, I'm a fast mover. I really like to be doing a lot of things at once. And I think the reason I fell in love with running is it wears me down to a point where I can shut off and, and find a calm. And so, you know, I, I think the, the mental health benefit there, it, it has allowed me to... Um, uh, just, I know access different parts of my brain. I've had different people say to me like, oh, I know you've been on a long run, uh, because of X, you know, because I start talking about X. I'm like, that's an interesting thing. And so I I believe in it wholeheartedly. And, and I think that if you want to excel at running and really appreciate the mental strength you need, because man, for people who run like sub three marathons, you 
the mental toughness that's there, I can't even wrap my mind around. For somebody who runs as fast as, fast as Lexi Pappas, you have to be mentally strong to do that. And so the, it's no surprise to me that she places so much importance on mental health. Yeah, and that's, that is important because, I mean, your PR is a little bit faster than Apostoli and mine's PR, but it's, it's, it's insane how much, like, not only physical strength, but how much mental strength you need. And you, you put it really well in the order of how people look at their wellness, and it's like exercise, eating, and then mental health maybe doesn't even make it. And I think that's yeah. true. It's like, if I'm ha- it's like, okay, I'll go for a run, I'll eat healthy, and I'm, I'm healthy. And maybe you are, but like, you're still mentally not healthy, though you might have cleared the cobwebs for a couple minutes out on your run. It's still there in the background. And I think it's important that we bring it to the front. And you tackle it, whether that's, you know, talking to someone going to get professional help, it's something that we keep down a lot. I know I do it too, sometimes with things and that's not good. For sure. And I don't know if you gentlemen have the same thing where when you kind of meet run friends, they become really good friends really quick because when you spend hours, especially long distance, when you spend like hours running next to somebody, a lot of times there's nothing to do but talk. And so you can, you talk about things and you open up and then the, I've read studies about this where one of the reasons that people who like run together are really, uh, able to like be vulnerable is there's this thing about not having to look a person in the eye when you're telling a vulnerable story you're side by side which is a really fascinating thing to think about that I fully agree with and so it is just a form of you know obviously it, it is kind of a form of therapy in a sense of when you develop um, the when you develop, develop these friends it's kind of like whatever like you talk about on the run stays on the run is very much a, a thing I mean I've had people tell me that they you know they were thinking about divorcing their partner uh, just you know they're struggling with this I mean thus stuff that wouldn't just come up in a normal conversation but because you're out there and you're so raw and you're so vulnerable it does yeah especially like when you're out running next to someone all there is to do is either be silent which is kind of awkward or you got to talk and if you're (laughs) out there for an hour you talk about more than just hey how's the weather and what are you doing so i think that's that's exactly right and i people probably don't think about that a lot like i never really thought i'm not looking at someone i'm looking forward and they're next to me it's like you're kind of just like talking to the air in front of you so i really like that um way to look at it um Steven, I know we're coming up on our time here. So we have, you do your lightning round, but we do our yep. Cream City Pacers rapid fire question. So to start off, what is your favorite pre-race pump up song? Oh, I don't, I, man, I don't, oh, well, actually right now it's, uh, it's Broccoli by Dram. What is one piece of advice you would give to new runners? Oh, don't be afraid to walk. I was just talking to somebody who's trained for their first half marathon and people get in their mind that, they just have to run the whole time. I mean, when I set my PR, I probably walked for five minutes that marathon. And, and man, just doing three miles, if you walk one of the three, who gives a shit? Like, do not be afraid to walk. Like, it, it free yourself from that. That's bullshit that you can't do that. I love it. I walked in my first half marathon, and I'm not afraid to say it out loud. Steven, thank you. This was a great, quick conversation. We appreciate it, and you enjoy the rest of your day. Awesome, gentlemen. Thank you. I will come back anytime. I wish we could have kept that conversation going. Steven, such a busy guy. Um, We had to let him go, but that was fun. We'll have to have him back on. That was a great conversation. 20 minutes. And, you know, we haven't really talked about fear on a lot of episodes in that way. And I think that was, I got a lot out of it. I thought that was really great. Yeah. And fear can take so many, so many forms, shapes, 
sizes, right? There's small fears. I, I constantly struggle with small fears being, you know, being in the restaurant business. There's so many things to think about, especially during COVID times. Um, and knowing how to battle the small ones helps you with the big ones. And what, what Stephen shared is definitely huge takeaways because he gave me a very different perspective and I hope that it helped our listeners. Well, it helped me. And the one thing that sticks out is he says, once you acknowledge fear, you gain the power. And it's like, how many times have you thought of one small thing that all of a sudden snowballed in your head into this huge fear of like what could happen and could happen? And you're like, get me oh, out of here. It's like, it. get me out of here. Tell me, tell me about it. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll share. There was this one, there was this one letter and I can't say exactly what the letter was, who was it from, but I had received it and I, there was just this huge fear of what it would be about. I was like, I don't want to open it. And I just kept it on my, on my coffee table at home and I would not open it. And then Maria, my girlfriend at the time, fiance now, uh, she came over you know, and saw it and said, like, what's up with this letter? You know, you haven't opened it. I was like, I can't. I'm scared. I, I don't want to do it. I just did it. And she's like, what? And I just started going off and it's probably going to be about this. And it's probably going to just, and I just don't want to face that. I, and she looks at me and she's like, no, you have to open it. And I opened it and it was just some notice that was just automatically generated. And I was like... I've been worrying about this for the past three weeks <laughs> and freaking out. It was a very bad period in my life at that time. It was like so many things that I had to worry about and I was looking for relief and comfort. Um, so it was a nice lesson that uh, usually there's nothing at the other side of fear. That's what Jamie Foxx, I believe, says that a lot. But also somebody else said, I, I don't know who, you have to be afraid to be courageous so many hotlines in this episode want to give a shout out to our sponsor costs head over to cost.com and use ccp20 at checkout to get 20 percent off your entire order you can get the wireless fit headphones like i have to rock them on your next run go wireless it's the way to go couple listener shout outs here. Um, I want to say one is our newsletter is starting to roll. So everyone that signed up for our newsletter, thank you. We appreciate you. We hope you like the content inside. Um, and off of that, we had some great people respond. Uh, if you don't know or kind of missed it, we want to feature your running photo uh, at the top of our newsletter. And uh, Bill Hutchinson, uh, MKE Jogger, he sent a cool photo of him and a few of his running buddies with a cool photo from their run over the weekend. And then uh, Roy Pirang, who guest of the pod, sent a great photo out on his run this weekend and also um, gave Paul a lot of kudos. So Paul, Roy gave you kudos and uh, he loves your book, recommends it. And um, one more That's thing. Some cool stuff. Some cool stuff that we can't mention in that email by Roy, but just blew our minds. Yeah, some cool insider stuff. Only we know. Sick break. Some things in the work. Some things. Some things in the work. Maybe a guest. Maybe a, a guest recommendation. Speaking of guest recommendations, we're uh, we're filling up nicely for the first couple months of 2020. If you or you have a recommendation for who should be on the show, email us at creamcitypacers.com. We're happy to field all requests and talk to you about it. Um, also, head over to creamcitypacers.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for a newsletter if you are not on it. 
I want to see this picture by Bill Hutchinson because I've never seen his face. I only see pictures of buildings and cars in his profile. <laughs> if you get lucky, once in a while, Bill will post a photo of himself on Strava. Like, uh, I believe this week he got some new gloves from um, St. Nick and uh, he showcased them off and his face was in it. And you're missing out because you don't have Strava. I do have Strava, just I only follow myself or something, That's <laughs> something like weird. that. That's weird. Yeah, well, I, it's because I don't want to have Strava, but I have to have it for something. I forget what. But anyway, man, that's a great show today. Yeah, that was great. So everyone, until next Friday, keep on running.